passages, but I just wanted to start with one from John chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 tonight. And uh, I know we're just taking up the offering while we do that, but that's fine. I I just, uh, I firmly believe that God's a healing God. Do you believe that? It wasn't just for yesterday, it's still today, that God is a healing God. Okay, two two of us. Uh, God, He truly is. Three of us, (laughs) we're getting better. But, um, and you know, He is a God of the breakthrough, He's a God of miracles, And I'm not quite sure if you've seen many miracles in your life lately or you've seen many things happen, but I want to tell you God is in the miracle business. And and there's many ways that miracles can come about, but he he can heal bodies, he can heal minds, um, he can do creative miracles, he can can protect us, he can look after us. It talks about many times and many uh, um, uh, situations where Jesus done amazing things. And here in John chapter 9 is just an example of uh, the the miracle-working power of Jesus um, as he laid hands on a man who was blind, and um, he healed him of blindness. It wasn't hygienic, this, this way he healed him. He wasn't conventional, and it certainly wasn't some formula that you could kind of box and say, this is how we need to do healing. So let me just read verse 6 and 7 of John chapter 9. It just says there, he, Jesus spat on the ground. He made clay with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with, with the clay that he'd made from this, obviously the moisture from his spit in the, in the soil. And he said to the man, he said, go and wash in the pool of Shalom, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and he came back, what? Seeing. Okay. Um, Jesus' method of healing was unique. <laughs> I haven't seen anybody try that in today's culture. And you know what? We don't have to unless God really directs you. But um, it, it was unique. And as I said, um, to, to, place, to, to spit and then place, make some clay out of it or make some mixture out of it and then place it on a person's eyes was, as I said, neither hygienic, it wasn't conventional, and it certainly um, it wasn't something you could put in a formula. And I don't think Jesus ever wanted to formulate healing. You know, oh, this is how we should do healing. It'll all be about the, the, the spit and water ministries. No, it wasn't that. Because if you look in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus healed um, a man by just touching his eyes. And then in, in Mark chapter uh, 8, Jesus healed a man by, by simply um, putting spit on his eyes. There we go. There was another method. And so uh, Jesus used different methods. And, and I was just contemplating that thought. And um, while I know the power of healing was the same for each of those situations of those people who were blind, maybe Jesus varied his method uh, because he didn't want people, to, he didn't want people uh, to focus on the manner of healing as much as on the reality uh, and who the healer was. And sometimes I think that, um, uh, that uh, we as humans... Uh, sometimes see what happens sometimes. We think, oh, that's it. That's where the latest move of God is. And that's what we need to focus on. No, I, I think we still need to focus on the healer and not the healing. I think we still need to focus on the giver of gifts and not the, um, sorry, the, uh, the giver of gifts and not the gift itself. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I think Jesus does things in our lives because he wants us to come into relationship with him. And he draws us 
by his, uh, by his presence to himself. And he says, come on. It's not about the manner that I use, but it's about the healer. It's about me. And Jesus is not egotistical and say it's all about me. But he's just saying that, you know, we need to embrace and we need to connect. We need to come into relationship with Christ. Who knows that, you know, healing in our bodies or our minds is good for this life. But, you know, when you, um, you know the healer, it's good for eternal life as well, isn't it? Not just for this life, but for always. And so we see um, Jesus as a, he, he obviously is someone who he wants to see his, touch people's lives and see them healed. So we see this um, blind man in this instant. He, he was at the temple and Jesus says, I want you to go and wash this mud or this saliva and, and, and dirt from your eyes and go to the pool of Shalom. Go to the Pool of Shalom. And the Pool of Shalom, if you geographically look at it, was about one and a half kilometers from the temple. That's quite a walk um, if you're blind. Um, maybe he had someone to take him to the Pool of Shalom. Maybe he had memorized it. Um, I don't, he'd never been there before because he was born blind, if you read the, past, the, script, the verses before. And so he walks, obviously, from the temple where Jesus had you know, touched his eyes with the sliver and dirt. And, and now he walks and tries to find, he obviously finds the pool of Shalom, 1.5 kilometers away. And, you know, I was contemplating um, the reality of why did Jesus make him walk? Wherefore, in Matthew 9, he just touched the guy's eyes and he was healed. He didn't make him walk anywhere. And yet in Mark chapter 8, we see Jesus actually just spat on his eyes and he was healed instantly. And this guy, he says, you, I want you to walk somewhere. And, you know, the reality is I, I was... Thinking that the truth is, is that maybe Jesus is asking this man and just prompting him to see how much he believes and how much he'll be obedient. You know, how he will, will he believe, um, whether his faith will rise. Because, you know, you've got to let faith rise if you're going to walk all that way. Because you've got to come expected, haven't you? You can imagine him. I can imagine this blind man walking through, maybe being led through the crowd to the pool of Shalom. Maybe people are kind of making way for him because he's kind of got mud kind of falling off his face on his cheeks and it didn't probably look all that exciting. And he's walking and maybe he's saying, you know, Jesus says, if I get to that pool, I'll see. Maybe faith was rising. Faith was rising. Every step, faith was rising. His belief, what Jesus said, was rising in his heart. I, I know if Jesus said it, it'll happen. It'll happen. And I wonder if tonight you would let faith to rise in your heart. It's not my faith. It's not your faith. But it's faith in him. Not faith in some church. Not faith in some ability. Not faith in any preacher. But faith that Jesus can do what he said he would do and you know um and sometimes we 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 want the instant but maybe sometimes we just need to be obedient to what jesus says to us and what we should do and i think that he ultimately wants us to know the healer and then as we know the healer maybe there'll come that time when we'll know the healing as well and now i understand jesus healed people who didn't really know him and that's the mercy and grace of god isn't it and his love for people and humanity but I do know that he would, he would welcome all people and say, receive me um, as much as possible. So we may ask the question about healing. Um, what are some of the aspects of healing in, 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 uh, in Jesus' ministry? Well, it's interesting. It's a good question to ask. But, you know, I've discovered it's the very desire of Jesus to heal. Let's never doubt 
that Jesus Christ doesn't want to heal our bodies. You may say, but I've asked so many times sometimes, and I've prayed, I believe. Well, you know, but um, you know, never doubt the fact that he still desires to heal bodies. He still desires to touch lives. I don't know the circumstances surrounding everything about our lives and our particular circumstance, but I do know that he calls us unto himself, and he desires to, to, to produce miracles in our, our lives and do things in our lives. And, and when we fully submit and give ourselves, it's amazing what he can do what he can do. See, it says in Mark chapter 8, verses 1 to 4, it says, when Jesus had come down from the mountainside, great multitudes followed him, and behold, a leper came and worshipped Jesus, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I mean, this man's uh, desperate. He's a leper. He's probably, on the average, lepers in Israel lived about, after they'd uh, contracted leprosy, they lived no more than nine years. That's the average lifespan of a leper. I mean, he's desperate. Um, so that it says, make me clean. And then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I'm willing to be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy was cleansed. Jesus was willing. Jesus wants to extend his hands for healing and wholeness in our lives. And, and not just in body, but in mind as well. Um, the word willing means, to do, means here, the word, that word willing, when Jesus says, I'm willing, it means he has a desire. It means he takes delight in. It means an idea the idea of being ready. Jesus is always ready if we're willing to actually ask of him. Sometimes we have not because we've asked not, the Bible says. Um, and Jesus touched the leper. I love the fact that probably the lowest level of the, of the social scale in, Jesus, in Israel's day was the leprosy colonies. The people right at the bottom were those with leprosy. They weren't allowed into the city. They weren't allowed to go to temple worship. They weren't allowed to go anywhere near people who were clean. And so they lived outside the towns and cities in these leper, leper, leper colonies. And, um, and so they were the lowest of the low in some senses. But Jesus didn't see that that way. Jesus saw all people equal and he reached out to those who even society has cast out and said, Don't, you can't be a part of our community. Jesus healed them. I just love Jesus' willingness. Um, is amazing. Do you know, it, it actually says in the Bible, in Exodus 15, 26, it says this. Um, it's an Old Testament verse, but it says, If you would diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his eye and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I'll put none of the diseases on you which I've brought on the Egyptians, talking about the plagues as the children, of, um, the children of Israel are living in Egypt in slavery and the plagues that come upon Egypt. He says, you'll have none of those diseases. Then he says this, for I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord that heals you. Talking to the Israel nation. And the word he heal in the Hebrew um, definition is a word rafa, which in English means to cure, heal, repair, mend, restore health. What a great word. And it, and it and it actually is not just talking about physical healing, it's talking about mental wholeness, it's talking about every aspect of our being, having uh, vibrating with his goodness and his, his touch and his healing power. That's, that's very, much, um, very much able to happen. And his name um, often reveals that the names of God often show us what he's like, but he's the God that heals. Um, and God has other names, and it reflects his very nature and character. Like Jehovah Jireh, it's the Lord our provider. And then there's Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. And then there's Jehovah, um, there's another Hebrew word, Jehovah Rakan, which actually means the Lord our healer in Hebrew. And so his name reflects his very character and nature of wanting to heal and touch lives and restore people um, back to himself. 
I love the fact that Jesus actually gave ministry to the people because Jesus left this earth and he gave us the Holy Spirit and then he, he gave us the privilege and honor of actually being his hands and feet to others. And, and it says that even we, as we would lay hands on the sick, can see people heal. Now, do we heal? No. But the power of God, even through those who are willing, uh, he can heal people. Isn't that wonderful? See, Mark chapter 10, verse 5, and then um, uh, verse 7 and 8 says, the 12, uh, These 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying in verse 7, As you go preaching, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you've received, freely give. So Jesus actually commissioned even his people to go and just believe others to be healed. I find that very encouraging. And I just uh, took note here that the words he says, freely you've received, freely give. Um, see, the key for praying for people is that we've, we've got to realize that what we have is not of our own. It's God's through us. We've received it. Why not share it? Um, it and it's not our ability or power, but it's his that has given us for the good of others. Because he loves humanity and we're his hands and feet to the, a lost world, don't we? So I love that. I, I always remember um, the time that there was uh, a lady that uh, was a school teacher and she was not able to have children. And uh, she'd asked for prayer and uh, she couldn't, and she was just desperate. And we went to her at her school here in Gladstone. There was three of us. And we just, um, and she was asking for prayer. So we took her into a, it was a time when none of the children around, we took her into a separate little room and we just said, do you want us to pray? She said, yes. And we explained to her, it's God that heals and all that. And she said, yeah, I'm open, I'm willing. I, you know, I haven't been able to have children. And so as we laid hands on her, God touched her life. In actual fact, she fell to the floor. Thankfully, someone was behind her. It wasn't us pushing or anything, just God's power. And she got up and I said, she says, that's it. I said, well, let's believe what God's done something. Two years later, she, she came to me with a picture of her little boy. And I said, God, that's got to be you. That's got to be you. You know, so it was, like, um, it was like obviously nine months before that. So about a year and a half, she fell pregnant within that year. And then she had a little child. And I thought, God, that, what a faithful God you are. That's the, you know, God's given this, this, uh, this uh, ability, not, uh, not our ability, but his ability through us just to lay hands on the sick. Do you believe in healing tonight? Because God's a healing God. He's a healing God. For body, mind, soul, and spirit, he's a healing God. You know, when Jesus died on the cross and he rose again, one of the, the most incredible things that he, he went through for us was so that we may be healed. See, Scripture, Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his, what? his stripes we were healed. By his stripes. I love that, the reality. Every, Jesus was whipped with 40, um, 40 stripes across his back before they nailed him to the cross. And it says every stripe that was for our healing. You know, how, how does that happen? A man gets punished and cruelly treated and tortured so that we may know healing. You see, Jesus was perfect in, in, in when he went to the cross. And, and everything that happened to him, he was perfect in all his deeds. He had no sin, but you know what? He took all that punishment so that we may be forgiven of our sin. And with every stripe across his back, he said, you know what? In that, there can be even healing 
flow in your body because I've taken the punishment for it. Even though you don't deserve healing, even though you, you, know, you, des- you don't deserve anything that God wants to give you, but the reality is I'm the one who's taken it. I'm the, I'm the one who's taken the punishment so you don't have to and you can be forgiven. And on the cross he died. And then of course the good news is he rose of course from the dead three days later. So we see very much so that sickness, when it comes into our bodies... Now, I know sickness comes into our bodies for many different reasons these days in our culture. It can be because we've eaten the wrong thing. It's because we haven't maintained our healthy eating habits or whatever it may be. But I'm just thankful a God of mercy and grace comes to us. And he, and he says, sickness, you know, it's illegal. It's trespassing in our lives. It's trespassing. It's, it's not meant to be there. And God says, you know, healing and health can be your portion in life. And you know, the other thing that I, why I believe in healing is because I've experienced the healing power of God personally. Um, um, you know, and, and maybe many of you have as well on the miracle working power of God. And I just want to encourage you that He's a God that reaches and extends His hands of love to us. You know, for, for many years, um, I, had, I, I had a thing called varigous veins in my calf muscles. And. Um, and, you know, I was praying for them. I just prayed for myself. I just lay hands. And they used to ache as a young man. And so, you know, and I thought, God, if they're aching as a young man, just imagine as I get older what these things are going to do. And, you know, over the weeks and months as I laid hands on them, um, and, and I particularly remember when I was having a shower, I particularly just deliberately just pray, lay hands and pray. Do you know what? I haven't had aching or pain for decades and yet I still see some evidence that those things are still there in my calf muscle. You know, and I just praise God, what a healing God he is. And you know, um, you know, the reality is, is that I should have pain from those things, but it doesn't seem to manifest at all. And I'm just saying, God, thank you. Thank you for that. I remember the time, and some of you have heard uh, our a little um, miracle. I remember the time my, my daughter contracted, well, I don't know why, but she had warts growing all over her hands. And you know when as a teenager, you don't want warts on your hands. Would you agree? It's not a nice thing. And so, you know, eventually I realized I just need to pray for these things. And so as we lay hands on them, because I tried other methods, wart kill and all that, and I thought, my goodness, why don't I just... Take God's word and believe him at it. Believe him for healing. And as I lay hands on her, on her, and she believed as well, within five days, every little wart just fell off, and underneath was this beautiful, fresh, pink skin. She had about 13 of them. How does that happen? I think it's the power of God is incredible, isn't it? His healing power wants to flow in lives. It is good news. And, you know, I was just prompted as I was worshiping tonight that, you know, God's a creative, miracle-working God. And, and, you know, he works different than somehow, sometimes the ways that we want him to work. Um, and, and, and some of you know the testimony of, of myself and my wife as we, my wife fell pregnant with our first child. And they told us un, with no uncertain terms that our child was a very strong chance of uh, having um, Down syndrome or spina bifida or another thing that I've even forgotten about. And I, and I remember feeling, walking out of that doctor's um, gynecologist surgery, and both of us feeling quite um, um, deflated, to say the least, and, and quite feeling, God, this is our first child. Why is this the case? And, 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 and they, gave us, they told us very distinctly that we could abort this child and that we had no need because quite clearly this child was not normal in the womb. 
And, you know, we never went back to the gynecologist, but we went home and after we cried, literally cried, we cried out to God and we stood on his word. And you know what? It came to the point that God had taken the, when the child was born that night on the 1st of May, uh, 2001, it was 2001, uh, no, not 2001, 1991, wasn't it? Sorry. And when that child was born, um, we would kind of forgotten that bad report. And our little girl was born beautiful and whole and healthy and everything else. And, you know, I'm just, I, and I just, to this day, I'll never really know whether that child was always healthy and whole in the womb or, and what the doctors saw was something that they didn't understand. I don't know. Or whether the child wasn't normal or healthy or whole and, and that God done a creative miracle. And I want to tell you, um, you know, the truth is in that waiting period of that, that, those months and months God, God done a beautiful work, not just in maybe our little girl inside my wife's womb, but in our hearts, because he drew us closer to himself and he taught us to trust him. So at the point, whatever was going to happen, we were going to trust God anyway. We were going to trust him whether we had a beautiful child or we didn't have what society said was normal, and we had a child that was had some other condition. We were going to trust him that he knew what he was doing and that we could come through this and he was going to give us the strength to do that. And sometimes I think in life we've got to, you know, in our times of working through our own personal issues and struggles, if we'll just draw near to God, it builds our trust and faith in him. And maybe here tonight and you're going through something and you're saying, God, what's happening in my life? It's just like there's darkness at the end of the tunnel, I can't see any light. I can't see what's happening in the future. And I think, God, we just want to draw you and say, hey, would you learn to trust me? Would you trust me? Would you trust me in my situation? Would you just, in these times, you know, sometimes waiting upon God and in that waiting period when you're looking for answers between the time that you, you know, you've got, you've got a promise, but the promise hasn't been fulfilled. There's a waiting period. And sometimes it can just build our trust in him. It can build um, it can also build our desire more, more for him. And, and sometimes it draws us closer to him because we've got no other way, no other answer, no other way out, but it's just got to be God. So we're going to ask the musicians to come back again tonight. Thanks, guys. And we're just going to uh, sing those beautiful, one of those lovely, incredible worship songs. And uh, tonight, maybe there's a need within your physical body for healing. Um, I would love to just believe with you for God to heal and touch your body. Maybe there's a need tonight. Maybe it's not just physical. Maybe there's something emotional that you just, or, or within your mind that you just need to find peace and release for. And you've got to say, God, um, you know, I, I'm not quite sure what's happening, but it's just a turmoil or a stress or anxiety or something that wants to grip your heart. You know, God can just put his hand upon that and touch lives as well. Well, maybe tonight you've got something that's just like, wow, I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. Father, I just need your wisdom. I want your, um, build some, help me to build my trust in you through this circumstance that you've got it. You've got my back. So could we just stand tonight? That'd be great. And we're just going to first of all pray, and then we're going to just worship for a moment. I want to invite you tonight to come and stand before God to yield. Just to come forward, just to let him do what he wants to do. Maybe it is physical healing. I love just the opportunity to agree with you tonight in prayer for his touch upon lives. I'd love to agree with you for his working in your heart. 
Because he does it, doesn't he? More than any, it's not us, it's him. So Father, tonight I thank you. I thank you that you're incredibly good, that you're a God that's willing, that, you're, that your name means healing, uh, uh, Father. But Father, that you, that you uh, 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 Father, so much want to see us living in fullness and abundance of life that you have for us. And tonight we ask that you would extend your hands of healing, that you would extend your hands of love to people and touch lives. I believe by faith you could do that. It's nothing about us except we just believe. We just believe. And maybe like that man who was born blind and, and you heal him in a very unconventional way. Maybe we feel a little bit like that, but help us just to be, be obedient tonight and step out and say, yeah, that's me. I just need to step out. And, and in a sense, we're not walking to the pool of Shalom. It just might be walking to the front of this service here tonight. But it's an obedience just to ask of you for your healing touch. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, you're present. Amen. Come on. Let's just um, worship just for a moment more tonight. And I invite you, just if there's healing in your body that's needed, hey, let's just step out, believe. Believe God. You're welcome tonight. Come on. Can't go back to 